0: That was very, very good. Well, thank you to our band, and thank you uh, for all of you who are here worshiping with us, in person, worshiping with us online. We greatly appreciate your presence with us, however you're connected with us today. Uh, Thank you for being here. We are in part three of an eight-part series. You heard me right. Eight parts. Uh, A message series that we are calling Renovations, and this is a message series about the church and how we need to renovate and change and transform the way that we think about church what church is what church is supposed to be what church was always intended to be and that's what this series is about renovating our hearts renovating our minds renovating our thinking about church In week one of this series we talked about church as a movement church is not a building church is not an event church is not a club for christians it's definitely definitely not that But church is a movement. It is the movement of Jesus Christ in the world. And I do not think it's an overstatement to say that the church is the hope of this world. It really is. It really is. The church is the hope of this world. You're allowed to disagree with me. You're allowed to be wrong, but I'm telling you, the church is the hope of this world because through the church, I mean, this is Christ's chosen instrument, Christ's created vessel through which the gospel is shared. Lives are changed. It's through the church that we find salvation and purpose. And so church is much bigger than a building, much bigger than an event, much bigger than a club. Church is the movement of Jesus Christ in this world. Last week, We talked about local church, and to think of big church as a movement, and we should think about local church as authentic community. That's the ideal. Listen, that's what we're working toward here at Hope Community Church, is the ideal, right? We didn't start this thing, so, well, let's just kind of be like an average church, and a so-so church. No, we want to work toward the ideal of of God's design for us. What does Christ want the church to be? Let's work toward that ideal. And so, ideally, the local church should be an authentic Christian church, community, a place where we can take off our polite masks and be ourselves and show our weaknesses and share our struggles, share our pain. That's very, very difficult to do. But really, what other options do you have? Just keeping those things in your life hidden, keeping those sin issues hidden in dark corners, those, those pain moments that you've experienced, keeping your pain hidden or your weakness hidden. I mean, that's what so many people try to do in this world. We try to keep those things hidden. But in that ideal community, that ideal church setting, we should be able to share our weaknesses in the context of that authentic Christian community. Today, we're going to get more specific about church. We're going to talk about our church, and specifically, we're going to talk about our church's vision statement. Some of you know our vision statement very well. Some of you do not. Some of you might be newer to the church, and this is an opportunity to talk through our vision statement. We have one as a church. Now, our vision statement as a local church is an attempt to put words to God's vision for this his church. That's what the vision statement is. There are so many different ways that churches and, and businesses too can come up with vision statements. Some churches have vision statements and then a mission statement, and it's a, several paragraphs or it's many pages, and that's fine. So what we've done here as a church is we just have one sentence. One sentence. I believe, and, and listen, this is my personal opinion, and you can disagree with that. I believe that a good vision statement should raise good questions that have good answers, right? And so that's what we've attempted to do. We've attempted to put words to what we've discerned God's vision to be for His church. That's why we call it a vision statement. This is God's vision for His church. Our attempt to put words to God's vision for His church. Now, this vision for Hope Community Church started way back, way back, way back in the day. And I think it's fair to say that the vision for Hope Community Church, it all started with a question. It all started with a powerful question, a question that I was exposed to back when I worked for Bethlehem Church, the church before I was here. And so uh, many years ago now, we're talking about 12, maybe going on 13 years ago, I was uh, working at Bethlehem Church. I was the children's pastor, and then I also became the pastor over small groups, working there on staff. And we had an executive pastor there that was always pushing me, challenging me to go further into my faith, lean more into what it means to be a Christian, all these things. And so really challenging and mentoring me along the way. And he had been invited to attend a, uh, a pastor's group in the greater Westchester area. That's where the church was located out there. And so he was invited to attend this pastor's group, and I didn't know anything about it. And so he invited me to go with him to this pastor's group. And I didn't want to go to this pastor's group because I had stuff to do and I had work to do and I had tasks to accomplish and I didn't want to go. Plus, I wasn't really a pastor, right? I'm not like a real pastor. I'm like a children's pastor, like a small group pastor. It's not like a real pastor. And listen, there are plenty of people today who still say, well, you're not a real pastor yet either. I'm oh, my God, that's okay. That's okay. So I didn't feel like a real pastor. I wasn't like, I didn't want to be like a tag on or whatever it is. And so I'm like, all right, fine, I'll go. So I went. I went. I thought this might be worth doing. So I went to this thing and uh, met the guy. Who was running this event, this, this group? His name is Dolph. Do you know any Dolphs, by the way? Other than, what's his name? Dolph Lundgren? The, yeah, it's the only Dolph I'd ever heard. Of. Anyway, his name is Dolph. And so I met this guy, and uh, right away he comes out of the gate asking me, asking me just about the worst question that you can ask an introvert, which is So, what's your story? <laughs> My story is none of your business because you're a stranger. How about that, right? <laughs> right? That's what I wanted to say. But I'm a Christian, and I was trying to be polite. And so I gave the shortest answer possible. Oh, I'm Josh. I'm from Delco, and I'm working here at Bethlehem. Okay, okay, okay. Dolph, to this day, is, is one of my strongest friends in the faith, a dear, dear friend in the faith. And so we've gone on, and we are friends, and we're buddies now. But back then, like, what's going on here? And so apparently Dolph was this missionary, two pastors and church leaders, and trying to get church leaders together to realize, hey, we need to reclaim the mission of God. We need to remember why we got into this in the first place. Reclaim a sense of clarity and direction and vision and all that. And so God bless that guy. He's one of the missionaries that we support as a church because that's such tough work. Can you imagine how tough it is to minister to pastors? It's like the worst. I would never want to do that, right? And so here's this guy. He's out there doing it. He gets this group together. And we went through a curriculum together as a group. We went through this curriculum that was created by Dr. Dwight Smith. You probably haven't heard of him, but you can look him up. He is a guy that's self-described as a missiologist. I'm like, what is that? I think he made it up. I'm pretty sure he made it up, and that's okay, right? And so we're going through this curriculum together, and the book was called Renovation. And yes, I, I basically stole the title for this series. I added an S, Renovations. Anyway, so we went through this curriculum together, video series, book series, and Dwight shares his story in this series. You can look it up, maybe find it on YouTube, maybe do a Google search. He shares his story. Dwight had been the pastor of what you might call a successful church, depending on how you define success, right? He was the pastor of a church where there was plenty of people coming in on Sunday mornings, and there was wonderful music being played, and there was plenty of great preaching. I mean, his great preacher, he'd stand up and he'd give a message, and there was plenty of content and happy church members. I wonder what that's like. Everybody was happy, Right? And there was plenty of money in the offering plate because you had happy people, content people, giving people. And so how do you define success? If that's what success looks like, wow, that was a successful church. And so just to join this season of, of what felt like good health, what felt like success, and they got to the end. They got to the end of their budget year. And they were going over and look at just praise God for the money that came in, praise God that we met these needs, praise God, praise God, praise God. And then they got to a category of their budget labeled evangelism. And they had spent a total of zero dollars in the evangelism category of ministry. Hang on a second. What's going on here? And so that gave this pastor pause. Hang on. What's going on here? We've got happy people. We've got money coming in. We've got no complaints, virtually no complaints. We've got great preaching. We've got great music. This feels like success, but something... Something's got to be wrong here. What happened to evangelism? What happened to sharing the gospel with other people? Why hasn't that been a priority for us as a church? And so he's really, I mean, this, this rocked his world, all right? And so he set out to try and rediscover what church is and what church is supposed to be. And in his journey of trying to figure out what church is supposed to be, he arrived at a question. It's a question that he shared in this curriculum. It is the question that shaped the idea of Hope Community Church. And the question is very simple, but very important. Are you ready for it? The question is, what does God want? That's simple. What does God want? Now that's a strange question for some of us because we don't, I don't know, some of us don't think about God as having wants, as having desires. Well, God does have wants. He does. Do you have desires? I mean, do do you have wants in your life? Well, you were created in the image of God and maybe that's why you have desires because God is a God of desire. He has desires. You know that God has passions? you passionate about Anything? Come on, man! Are we passionate about stuff? Sure we are. Passionate about... We have passion. We were made in the image of God. He's passionate about things. God has passions. He has wants. He has desires. The reason that this question is so important, what does God want, is because the only reason that church exists, the only... I can't stress this enough. The only reason that church exists is in order to give God what He wants. That's why we exist. That's why there is such a thing as this movement called church. We exist to give God what He wants. And so, here, here you know, at this point in the message, I could bring up a, a whiteboard and we could just come up with a list, listing things that God wants. We could come up with a pretty long list. We could take all afternoon and do that. Come up with a list of the things that God wants. But let's get more specific with that question. All right, what does God want more? than anything else what is his greatest desire his greatest want what does he want more than anything else now if you take that question to the bible you will find that the answer to that question leaps off the page from genesis to revelation there's one consistent answer to that question what does god want more than anything else you don't have to go seeking very far it's right it's right there And if we're going to answer the question, what does God want more than anything else, that's how we should pursue finding the answer, not by just kind of sitting around and just praying on our own. I mean, that's fine. There's a place for that, and that's great. But if you take that question, like I said, to the Bible, the answer is not hard to find. The problem is that so few of us Christians are asking the question, God, what do you want? I mean, sometimes we say that kind of, what do you want from me, God, or what do you want from me, or what's your will for my life? No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that bigger than that what does God want we need to know the answer because the only reason church exists is in order to give God what he wants I picked one passage one of my favorites picked one passage that speaks to this desire of God it's in your bulletin Lori read it for us just a few moments ago take a look at that second Peter chapter three verses eight and nine and so let me give you the chronology, where we are in the timeline, Jesus has come into this world, He has died on the cross, He has been resurrected, He has spent time with His disciples, He has launched the church, He has ascended into heaven, the church has begun, this movement has begun, and as people become followers of Jesus, as people join this movement, they are waiting for the return of the King, they're waiting for the return of Jesus, and so Peter is writing to these Christians who are waiting for the return of Jesus, and he's giving them hope, and he's giving them an explanation as to why it's taking so long. Here's what Peter says to those Christians who are waiting, eagerly awaiting for the return of Jesus. He says, do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. You know, when Jesus says that He's returning, when He's coming back soon, it's like, well, how soon is soon? And what do you mean by that? It's like, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're supposed to have this this eager expectation. Like, it could happen any minute, but we just don't know when it will happen. And so there was a legitimate frustration. Like, come on back now, Jesus. Come on back. Like, what are you waiting for? We're ready, right? We're saved. We're ready to go. Peter explains, the Lord is not slow. He's not being slow, right? He's not delaying. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you. Why hasn't he come back? Because he's being patient with us, with humankind. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone, everyone, everyone to come to repentance. What does God want? Everyone to come to repentance. Now that's just one way to put it. That's just one way to put it. What does God want? You've heard it said different ways. God wants to redeem humankind. That's that's a way to put it. God wants to rescue us. Absolutely. God wants to save us. Why don't we put it as simply as we can? What does God want more than anything else? He wants to save us. Us. How about a simple answer to a simple question? He wants to save us. And by us, I don't mean, well, just religious people. By us, I mean humankind. God does not, oh, thank you Peter for clarifying, God does not want anyone to perish in their sins. He does not want that. Instead, He wants to save everyone he wants everyone he wants if he had got his way everyone would receive salvation everyone would receive repentance everyone would receive forgiveness everyone would receive eternal life if he got what he wanted that's why the church exists to give God what he wants now here's the thing about this want of God's this desire of God's he is not passive about his desire He has been aggressively pursuing what He wants all throughout human history, Genesis to Revelation. Aggressively, just the Bible tells us, and really since then, aggressively pursuing this, trying to get what He wants. God has gone to incredible lengths to get what He wants. He wants to save us. Do you know what that's like? To aggressively pursue something that you want Right? Oh, I want that. I'm going for it. You got maybe like a job opportunity come up. You think, man, that's for me. I can do this. I can do this. Let me get my foot in that door. Let me get that interview. I want that. And you aggressively pursue it, right? What about husbands in the room? Do you remember that first time it occurred to you? Oh, that's it. She's the one. She's the one. That's the heart I have to win, right? Right? Remember that? I see you smiling through your mask, guys. Yeah, that's the heart. That's it. Okay, okay, okay. You were pass passive back. Well, we'll just see what happens, right? All right. To go after something that you desire. You don't believe me? Look what God has done. Look what God has done just to have the opportunity to save us. And he's, it's cost Him significantly. God sent His one and only Son into this world to die for us in order to give us the free gift of eternal life. You you know how gifts work, right? Gifts are free to you because somebody else paid for them, right? Did you get any gifts over Christmas? Yeah, because somebody else paid for it. Salvation is a free gift to us because somebody else paid for it. God paid for it with the life of His Son. The sacrifice that God made is compounded exponentially because it's not just the Father giving up the life of His Son. It's Jesus, the man, the Son, giving up His life for us. Extremely expensive. It cost Him His blood to purchase this gift to give to us and it's our job as the church we don't do the saving we just bring the message of salvation it's our job the gift has already been purchased we just share it with other people it's our job as the church to share this gift with others what does god want he wants to save us that's what the church should be about the only reason the church exists is to give god what he wants that's it so back to our vision statement. Take a look in the front of your bulletin. Our vision sp- statement speaks to this desire of God and it speaks to our participation in what God is doing, God's ongoing work in securing what he wants. Right there you see at the top of the page, a few words this is the first half of our vision statement. Engaging in the mission of God. That's the first half. Engaging in the mission of God. And so that first half of the statement, in and of itself, t- t- tells us a few things about our church. One thing it says is that we are a church that believes in God. We believe in God, which raises the question well, which God do you believe in? Do you know which God we believe in here at Hope Community Church? We believe in the God of the Bible. I can't tell you that we believe in the God of Christianity because I don't know how to define Christianity, right? Lots of different ways to define that term, but I can tell you that we believe in the God of the Bible. God, as He has revealed Himself to us in that compilation of ancient texts, in that revelation. We believe in the God of the Bible. Furthermore, we believe that God is on a mission it's a rescue mission, it's a mission to save humankind. We believe in the God of the Bible. We believe that God is not passive, but he's actually on a rescue mission. Furthermore, we believe that we have been called to engage in that mission. That we, let me put it a different way, we have been created for the purpose of engaging in that mission, right? It's not just, hey, we've been invited to participate. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. We have been created for the purpose of engaging in the mission of God. That's why the first half of our vision statement simply says engaging in the mission of God. Let me give you the second half of this statement. If you've got a pen with you, I want to encourage you to write right on your bulletin, write the other half of this statement, write it right on there. You've got space. Here's the full statement. <clears throat> engaging in the mission of God for the sake of the lost. For the sake of of the lost engaging in the mission of God for the sake of the lost let's talk about that term lost what's that all about that is not a negative term that is not a put down anything like that what we mean by that term the lost it just means those who have not been rescued yet those who have not yet received salvation in Jesus Christ that's what we mean by the lost engaging in the mission of God for the sake of Of the lost. Now let me tell you something about the second half of our vision statement, right? It is absolutely redundant because the mission of God is for the sake of the lost. The mission of God is to save the lost. But we put that redundancy in our mission vision statement on purpose. Do you know why? To remind us that church, to remind us Christians, that the church does not exist for our sake, but the church exists for the sake of of the lost. It's a reminder to us that the church does not exist for the sake of the saved, that the church does not exist for the sake of the Christians, but our church exists for the sake of the lost. Engaging in the mission of God for the sake of the lost. Week one, I talked to you about church. It's not a Christian club. It's not about Christians getting together and do Christian stuff. And a lot of you nodded your head and you agreed with me. Here's where the rubber meets the road. The church does not exist for the sake of the saved, but the sake of the lost, engaging in the mission of God for the sake of the lost. Okay, Christians, how does that sit with you, that vision statement? How does that sit with you? Because sometimes when I talk about the vision statement of our church, those Christians are like, yes, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. And you're nodding your head and you're smiling, yes, we want to exist for the sake of the lost. But let's be real. Not every Christian has that same response to the vision of Hope Community Church. Are you, are you uneasy with our vision that we exist for the sake of the lost? Does that make you uneasy? Does that make you uncomfortable? Here's what I want to say to you. That's okay. That's if, if Listen, if, if as... Let me, I'm talking to Christians for just a moment here. Listen, Christians, if if this doesn't resonate with you as a believer, if you don't feel called to to this specific vision for this specific church, I want you to know that that that's really okay. But but we're not going to change our vision, okay? That's that's who we are as a church. So so listen, we're just being polite here. If you feel called to something that's not this, that's okay. You do realize that we're not the only church in Delaware County, right? (laughs) Right? There are other churches that have other purposes and other visions and work towards other things, but we have our own little specific niche here. We engage in the mission of God for the sake of the lost. And so I just, listen, I know it can be kind of a weird thing, but, but you need to know that, Christians. If God's not calling you to this, then, then find out where God is calling you, right? And, and, and go there with, with our blessing. And I know that's maybe kind of counterintuitive for churches to kind of send people away, but but we don't, we don't want to withhold you from fulfilling your calling. And so I'm asking you, I'm, I'm challenging you Christians to be honest. Does this resonate with you? Is this the church that you're called to to engage in the mission of God for the sake of the lost? Can you, can you deal with that? That you're a part of a church that does not exist for you? That's not going to cater to Christians? That's that's a sacrifice I and mean, we don't exist for the sake of Christians we exist for the sake of the lost let's get more specific the lost right here in Ridley and Edinburgh the lost right here in our community I mean listen there are lots of wonderful different vision statements that different churches have and lots of different things that they pursue and that's that's fine but we don't have to be all things to all people that's not how it works our vision's very specific to engage in the mission of God for the sake of the lost right where we are. Why not pick where we are and work with the people that are right here, right? So specifically for the 60,000 that were lost in this community in the Ridley-Innerbury area, that's who we are here for. Let me get more specific than that. Think about the people in your life, the lost people in your life. And you're not saying that negatively. You're not, you're not, it's not a put-down. It's not a put-down. The people in your life, your family, members that don't yet know Jesus as Savior, all right? Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a son. Maybe it's a daughter. Maybe it's a brother. Maybe it's a parent. I don't know. I mean, the people in your life that don't yet know Jesus, right? We're not here for you. We're here for them. This church is for them, the lost in your life. Let's get specific about this. This church exists for them it's not it's not for you it's for them and so i'm i'm encouraging you christians out there i'm challenging you to be honest with yourself and and really think about what is it that you want from a church because we might not be that (laughs) what is it that you want from a church what is it that you think that you have been called to And, and if if we're not it we'll find find where that is But as for us, our vision here is to engage in the mission of God, not for our own sake, but for the sake of the lost. For your lost loved ones, for your lost neighbors, for your lost spouse, for your lost coworkers, we exist for them. The whole reason that there is such a thing as Hope Community Church is so that we can reach the lost in this community. We, as a church, we will continue to be sacrificial in nature and not make this into a Christian club, but we will continue to engage in the mission of God for the sake of the lost. Let's pray over that. Father, we thank you for creating us for this purpose to engage in your mission to have a sense of purpose in this world and to, Father God, to help you get what you want. That's why we're here, Jesus. And so, Father, I thank you for those who, are, who have been willing to sacrifice for the sake of, of this work, for the sake of your mission. Father God, I, I ask that you would give us, those of us who consider ourselves members of, of this, your church, give us the willingness to continue to sacrifice for your sake. Father God, it's those moments when we see a lost person saved, when we see a lost perp- person baptized. Those are the moments that we celebrate. Those are the moments that we, we work toward. Those are the moments that we, we yearn for, Father God. And so as we go on as your church, Jesus, please, we ask that you would bless us with more of those moments. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.